CFB Podcast. This is AJ Wolf. I write DisneyFoodBlog.com, and I am here with my wonderful co-host Brad Johnson from WDWForGrownups.com. I'm wonderful, apparently. That's right. I think so. Well, at least one person does. I think you're phenomenal. Thank you. Um, so this is our episode seven. I'm glad you knew. I, I drew a blank when I was trying to think. Of I know because we've done so many. I know it's like there's been a whole six of them beforehand. <laughs> we have ha- we have a backlog. That's- <laughs> Like that's right. You, we have a catalog now. You can go into the back issues of the DFB podcast and check out stuff. Now. That's right. You totally can. You can go. Uh, some of you may have just tons of these lined up to listen to now. Speaking of which, I've noticed that our reviews on iTunes have been at 97 for a little while now. So if you like ah. the DFB podcast, <gasps> I think, and you're an iTunes subscriber, you could consider going up there over there and trying to get us up to 100 reviews. We are reviews. so close to 100 reviews. We would love to get 100 reviews. What do we get if we get 100 reviews? 100 reviews. That's what we get. <laughs> We get we get nothing special except our own excitement and joy. Now that we're done asking you politely for reviews, if you would like to come, I thought we might talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. What are we show. talking about on episode seven? We're going to have some. Seven. We're going to have some news, which is how we like to start things off around here. We got some good news today. Then we're going to talk about mystery snacks. What in the world does that mean? Well, we may be overselling it a little bit, but <laughs> it, it, every, I've been told that people like an element of mystery, so we're going to call them mystery snacks. You you are one of the most mysterious people I know, I am mysterious. Mr. Johnson. And so, in the spirit of mystery, we are going to talk about some snacks that you may or may not have tried, but you definitely should. And this isn't like mystery meat, is it? No, I'd say, well, who knows what they use over there, cost-cutting measures and whatnot. Okay. Then, after we're done with that, we're going to take a few reader questions, then we will do some trivia. And then we will go refresh on the iTunes page over and over again to see if we've gotten to 100 (laughs) reviews yet or not. We probably will. So let's get going with the DFB podcast. Here we go. thing we're going to talk about today is be our guest restaurant what's that <laughs> you're playing dumb uh, <laughs> i've i haven't heard anything about that no one's mentioned that in the news or anything lately <laughs> be our guest restaurant is coming soon to a magic kingdom near you it is uh the table service restaurant that's coming to the new fantasy land at the uh it will be kind of in the basement i guess of the beast's castle um, and it's a BR and it's a Beauty and the Beast themed restaurant. But the information that we have now, which is great, fun information, is about the menu. So uh, Disney released some menu items for us, and also they let us know that we can start making reservations sometime in August. Mm. Which is ever they're so into helpful. an element of mystery too, huh? Yeah, Disney is so into mystery. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the menu items really quickly. Just uh, they, they are French-inspired, as most people guessed, although I will say that gray stuff is not on the menu. Which no a gray lot stuff. Of, a lot of people are asking about the gray stuff because we know it's delicious. So the gray stuff is delicious. That's right. The gray stuff is delicious, but the, it is not on the menu oh, as well. of yet. Um, so lunch is going to be a little bit different here than 
uh, than in most counter service restaurants. Now, this is a counter service for lunch and a table service for dinner. Which was misleading in your in your previous thing. You just called it a table service restaurant, but it's really half and half. It is half and half. That's true. I apologize for the misleading. Um, She's like that. She's tricky. <laughs> I'm mysterious. There you go. Let's just say that. So the counter service for lunch, uh, you won't need any reservations, of course, because it's counter service. Um, but what's cool about this is that, that that they're going to make it a little fancier. Ooh, fancy. Like the French means fancy. That's right. So <laughs> F for fancy. We're going to have um, real plates. Ooh, it's and, like Disneyland. And reals. It is like Disneyland. Real plates, real silverware. And we get to sit at the big kids table. That's right. And you're going to order your food at the counter probably and then go sit down and they'll bring your food to you. So it's like Wolfgang Puck Express. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so lunch, basically it's going to be soups and sandwiches sort of thing for lunch. Um, carved turkey with Dijon mayonnaise and uh, a croque monsieur sandwich with uh, carved ham, gruyere cheese, bechamel. Um, they're going to have for vegetarians, they got a vegetable quiche. They've got quinoa shallot and chive salad. So there's a bunch of different of different things. There's 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 palm frites all over the menu. Did they mention other quiches? Are they going to have like a quiche Lorraine? They didn't mention any other quiches. I do like quiches. Well, we'll have to put in a good word for quiche Lorraine. Yeah, because they always listen to what I want. That's how they decide what to do over at Disney. I think they do, Brad. You're important when it comes to Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the kids, it's going to be a, just kind of a smaller version of the adult menu. It looks like they have a carved turkey sandwich, um, roasted pulled pork. Mickey meatloaf, mahi-mahi, and uh, pasta. So dinner, like I said, is going to be table service. You're going to sit down. And uh, you do have to get reservations. There could be three dining rooms. Like I think we talked about that before on the podcast. Um, And things like pork chop with au gratin pasta, rotisserie rock hen, Roasted fingerling potatoes, pan-seared salmon, with something called a leek fondue, which I'm really that excited about. Yummy. Um, there's a puff pastry with creamy lobster sauce. So lots of good stuff. For kids, they've got a grilled steak, grilled fish, macaroni, and a grilled chicken breast. So lots of good healthy stuff for the kids. Excellent. Yeah. So that sounds fun. So we also had some news about a closing. For you, you get it. You may get a new restaurant in uh, the uh, Magic Kingdom, but they're going to take one away nearby. They that- are. The California Grill is going to shut down, not forever, just temporary, or as a reader said, I should say, contemporary. Get it? I do. Because it's in the Contemporary Resort. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so we can. Ins- we'll go back and insert a laugh track there where the audience can laugh when you say that. <laughs> That's a good idea. We should have a live we, audience for the podcast. That's right. Or a laugh track, either one. So California Girl is closing on January 6th and will be closed through uh, late summer 2013. So if you want to go to California Girl, get there now. Excellent. And then we also have some updated information about some holiday festivities. Am I right? Right. So the Candlelight Processional Lunch and Dinner packages have been announced and are now for sale. And these are uh, basically you get a package to dine in one of the Epcot restaurants. And then you can go to the Candlelight Processional, which is the uh, big, huge choral event that happens, uh, I believe, three times a night during the holiday season at the America Gardens Theater. With a celebrity narrator. With a celebrity narrator. That's right. And um, very, very popular event so getting a package here is probably a good idea if you plan to go to the event because it does help you to stand in a slightly 
less long line. Candlelight processional is all about standing in lines. Yeah. So if you if you get the if you get the dining package, you get to stand in a slightly shorter line to get your seating at the at the candlelight processional, and you also get to go see um, kind of stand in a reserved area reserved area to watch illuminations although it's still a pretty big reserved area so it's not like you get like super great view but it it is a decent it is at least a reserved area awesome so it's worth it i think excellent do you think it's worth it um you know anything that lets me stand in even slightly shorter lines than long lines is always you know the shorter the lines is the better as far as i'm concerned okay i agree so that's pretty much our disney food news for this week or this episode Today we are talking about mystery snacks. Snacks where you don't know what you're eating. No, that's no, not right. That's not, not right. <laughs> Different kind of mystery snacks. Different kind of mystery snacks. These are snacks that you may not know about, but we really think you should try. Some of you pros may have already heard of these, but these are things that probably are at least a little bit off the beaten path, and we think you're missing out if you don't give them a try. Yeah, good good term. Off the beaten path. That's right. That is. These are not Dole Whips. These are not Mickey bars. These are things that you maybe haven't tried or didn't know were there that uh, we want to share with you. So I'll just dive right in with one. Um, this maybe a, a lot of people may know about these, but uh, the corn dog nuggets at Casey's Corner. Mm. Um, most people go to Casey's Corner. They're going to get the hot dog, and I, and I can't blame them. That's a good. Hot that's a good, good. decision. Um, but the corn dog nuggets are are very good as well, and probably not the first thing you're going to think about getting while you're there. Yeah, they're kind of listed down at the bottom of the menu. You might not see that they're there. And uh, basically, a corn dog nugget is like a little tiny baby corn dog with no stick, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a little baby hot dog wrapped up in cornbread. I will go thing. with that little baby corn dog with no stick. That's right. That's pretty much what it is. So. Got it. I like to dip them in plastic cheese, but what don't I like to I dip gonna in say, plastic cheese? I was going to say, what would you not want to dip in plastic cheese? My perfect meal would be plastic cheese and buffalo wing sauce. There you go. And okay. nothing else? Just mix them together and <laughs> just spoon Mix them together and just eat them like a soup. Mm, that sounds good. It's pretty gross. No. Don't do that. Okay. okay. All right. So I'll go, to, I'll go to one of my favorites. And we're sticking in Magic Kingdom. I didn't mention we are sticking in Magic Kingdom today because there's just too many good snacks to talk about the whole... Disney World and Disneyland. So we're going to do Magic Kingdom and a couple from Disneyland as well. Maybe another time we'll have some other mystery snacks. We may have a mystery Epcot mystery snacks show sometime soon. We'll also talk uh, about Disneyland snacks in this episode as well. Yeah, we're going to mention the Disneyland snacks. Okay, so back to to the thing. The second one that I wanted to mention in Magic Kingdom is the Hot Fudge Cookie Sundae, which you can find at Storybook Treats up in Fantasyland. Yummo. And this is basically soft serve ice cream with hot fudge and a giant chocolate chip cookie stuck in it. It's fantastic. Is the cookie warm? Yeah, the cookie is warm, actually. And if it's not, you can just tell them warm it up. But uh, I, I always tend to ask for a little bit of caramel sauce on there, too. So Once again, that's, that's a, it's kind of like cheese. It goes on everything, right? That's right. Caramel yeah. sauce goes on everything. So, that's, uh, so it's, a, it's a great – and it's also it's – it's a Disney Dining Plan snack credit for this giant and freaking sundae. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one to know about as well. I'm, so 
Tomato basil soup may not be the most exciting thing, but as a general rule, but it may be the most exciting thing on the menu at Pinocchio Village House. <laughs> because I have to say that of the of the things that I, well, the last time I was there, I wasn't expecting the tomato basil soup to be my favorite thing there, but it's really good. It is really good. And, uh, you know, there's of the things I tried, there weren't a lot of standouts other than that. Uh, so that was a that was a good find for me there because I was I was kind of, you know, searching for something. Yeah, know? no, I think that's really good. It's a good kind of tummy filler if you want an in-between meal snack and it's not too caloric either which is nice but uh they do have the new flatbreads at pinocchio village house now which are pretty good and i haven't tried those yet but i would still go with this i love this well there's a lot of times where you're you're hungry enough that you you need to eat something but you've got an adr coming up or something like that and a nice light soup like this is a good way to kind of take the edge off without ruining your your meal for later yeah let's give a mystery tip that you should go sit in the upstairs seating that nobody knows is there it's a mystery tip it's a mystery tip from our mystery snacks day um there's like an there's like a balcony up there that you can sit on and and look across the all of all of fantasy land and you can be the king of fantasy land for the day with your tomato basil soup anyway excellent (laughs) i look forward to the next time i go i did not know it was available but next time i go i will in fact be the king of fantasy land for the day now, don't tell anybody about that, that you're the king of fantasy land, because they, they were told not to not to talk to you about it. I'm going to bring a scepter and go around and, and discuss it with all my subjects. So they might not know that you're the king of fantasy, but you I do. Say, I am the king of fantasy land. Let me go to the front of the line. That's right. That's right. Okay. So another um, another thing that I think is, men- is, is of mention is uh, over at the Main Street Bakery, they have something called warm banana bread pudding. That's what it is. Warm banana bread pudding. Which, if you're a bread pudding fan, I am in fact. This is this is some good stuff, and it is served warm. It's got a nice crust on the top. The warmed banana bread pudding is served warm. It is huh, how interesting. You never can trust the adjectives sometimes, true. though That's at true. Disney. So <laughs> it is it is on on the it is true this time. But I would also some I think I got this great tip from a reader that you ask them to serve it with a scoop of ice cream. Because That's a good tip. that can really sometimes the warm banana bread pudding can be a little dry. We're so just you, full of things that just go on it. Put some put plastic cheese, caramel, caramel and ice cream on everything you order everything. at Disney World. That's Mystery right. tip and number buffalo two. Wing sauce, and buffalo if they have wing it. Sauce. But uh, yeah, get some ice cream on your banana bread pudding and it's and it's really quite an incredible snack. So another one that's, you know, a I wouldn't say it's a it's a you know, complete mystery, but uh, the cream cheese pretzels over at the launching pad. The yeah, those are pad. pretty mysterious. A lot of people don't know about those. And if they do know about them, they don't know that they're there. Yeah. Right? So, and those are those are a fun. They're 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 an interesting flavor. I really enjoy them. I know some people don't care for them as much as I do, but I think they're really cool. Yeah, they're kind of a sweet. They're they're not too sweet. Right. But they are semi sweet. They're subtly sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's great. And those are shareable too. Those are big enough to share. I think. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, I wanted to talk about the baked potato. Like, I know that's not fun. (laughs) There is nothing more mysterious than a baked potato. (laughs) I know it's not fun. And I know it's not like, you know, I'm all about the cupcakes and the sundaes and stuff. But every once in a while, I just, I feel like, especially me, I eat a lot of cupcakes in Disney World. So sometimes a baked potato, decent price, snack credit, it's fantastic. You, know, you if, can get if, it at the Liberty Square Market, just so you know. Yeah. And, and it's it's just a baked potato. Like it's good for you, food. If it's been if you've been in Disney World for a while, sometimes you just want 
some regular food. Sometimes you're just kind of like, <laughs> I have, I've had enough Disney. Food. I just want a baked potato. That's just just this one, just to kind of reset my. Uh, Sometimes reset you my just major. don't want any more sugar. That's right. Some, yeah. So this is this is another good kind of in between your dining right. reservations little snack. And and um, again, this is another one that. You know, if you're there with a friend or if they're, you're there with one of your kids, this is a good thing to share too. Now, something I've been eyeing but have not actually tried, but I know you have tried at least one of them, are those waffle sandwiches over at Sleepy Hollow. Yes, Sleepy Hollow waffle sandwiches I think are good mystery snacks, mystery treats. Now, they're not a snack credit, but – and they are kind of big enough to be a meal, but we're going to call them snacks. And you've got three versions. you got the Nutella with fruit version, that sweet version. Then you've got a um, – You've got a chicken sandwich version, and you also have the ham and prosciutto and Swiss cheese version, those those three. You also have a breakfast sandwich, too, which is only and That's the rare trifecta where all of them sound good. They and do, it, right? They're all, they you all want to try all good. of them. That's right. They are huge, but go try them. They're good. Another, another one that I, I think AJ thinks that they're probably commonplace, but I really probably never would have known to ask for the cookie sandwich in the Main Street Bakery if AJ had not told me to do so. Yeah, those the homemade cookie sandwich. They've they've been around forever. A lot of people know about them, but if it's your first or second trip to Disney World, you might not know about these. And uh, these are uh, basically it's just two giant Nestle's Toehouse cookies with um, vanilla ice cream sandwich in between. But they make them right there at the Main Street Bakery and at Sleepy Hollow um, in the Magic Kingdom. Those are the two places you can get these. And if you're there during like a, a special season or a special holiday, they might have different flavors of ice cream. Like at, around Thanksgiving time, they have pumpkin ice cream at Sleepy Hollow. Or you might get, you know, cool uh, Halloween sugar cookies at the Main Street Bakery. So always ask if they have other options available too. And speaking of other options, if you are dole whipped out or want to try something a little different, there's also the new citrus swirl, which has a little bit of an element of mystery to it too. The citrus swirl is mysterious because it disappeared from Disney World for years and years and years. It was a, everybody loved it back in the day, and then it was gone, and now it's back, and everybody's excited. It's at Sunshine Tree Terrace. Um, definitely, definitely worth a try. It's, it's a basically very- like vanilla, a vanilla soft serve and frozen orange juice swirled together, which may not sound good, but it is good. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's head on over to Disneyland and discuss a few snacks over there. Ooh, Disneyland. All right. So one of my fa- one of my favorite places to go to Disneyland now is the Jolly Holiday Bakery, which was newly opened uh, last year. And no, was it this year? I was going to say this year, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's July, it's, isn't right. it? <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking it was January for some reason. Must be that chilly, that chilly day outside. What's the difference? They're all J months. They're all the same. (laughs) So two things that I really like. I like just about everything at the Jolly Holiday Bakery, but two things that I really like are the Matterhorn Macaroon, which moved over to Jolly Holiday from Blue Ribbon uh, when Blue Ribbon closed. And again, tomato soup. I got to say, they have this really good tomato soup that they serve with – with a grilled cheese sandwich that's all cut up in little like fingers for you to dip. That and sounds that's awesome. It's really good. It's a creamy, sweet, uh, sweet, salty kind of flavor. It's really good. Sounds good. And the Matterhorn macaroon, just so you know, is a is a little coconut macaroon that is the shape of the Matterhorn in Disneyland, and then it's covered with um, it's got white chocolate for snow. and then they sprinkle little little sprinkles on it for even more snow, and you can get it. With or without snow. Wouldn't be a Matterhorn without some snow on it. I agree. It's it's just, it's delicious. It's super moist. It's so good. So I'm going to mention one that is 
maybe so a lot of people love the safari skewer over at, at Bengal barbecue yes but what is I the safari skewer tell, tell us what the safari skewer it is. is grilled asparagus right with bacon with bacon wrapped right? which okay. is the best way to have asparagus right is that you're going it's the best to, way to have anything that's once again wrap it in bacon Plastic cheese, plastic caramel, cheese and caramel cream, sauce and boom. ice cream. <laughs> now, I personally, if I'm going to go over and have some grilled stuff, I would grab the, the tiger tails and some meat. But a lot of people love the asparagus on the safari skewer, and yeah. so I wanted to mention that that if you if you've been tempted like I was by all the meat and bread, you might consider giving the asparagus a try there. And I well. think another thing that characterizes a mystery snack is it's not the first thing on the menu that's right. when you walk up there. So I think that's a good mystery snack. Um, Okay, now here's another one along the same lines, which if you're a pro, if you're a Disneyland vet, you know these are there. But other folks, if you're if you're on your first, second, third trip, you might not know these are here. One of my favorite things in all of Disneyland Resort is over at Disney California Adventure, the Hot Link Corn Dog at the Corn Dog Castle. I bit into one of these for the first time and just thought, this is it. I've found it. Get me some hot sauce. Get me some plastic cheese. I'm a happy person. AJ is kind of cheating and park hopping, but we'll allow that, that you shouldn't go over to DCA, even though, you know, if we when we do mystery snacks in the future, we may have to do some more from California Adventure, but we'll let her park hop this one time. Okay. That's a good point. Thank you for letting me park hop. Just this one time. <laughs> oh, I just thought of another good DCA one that we'll I'll save, save that for, for next time. Okay. I'll save that for the next mystery snacks in, in California Adventure. Okay. Um, it's really good. I can't wait to tell you about it, but I'll save it. Ooh, we're teasing. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with like probably one of my all time favorite things to eat anywhere in Disneyland, which is available at the mint julep bar. And that is the little Mickey shaped beignets, which yes. I think are the best. Yes. There's the Havoc Cafe Orleans, but if you don't want to have to do a sit down meal, that's not a snack. If you get it there, go to do. the mint julep bar it, and, uh, you won't be sorry. They're great. Do you think you should get a mint julep while you're there? No. <laughs> 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 I I am ambivalent about the mint julep on the whole, but I do not think it is a complimentary taste for the Mickey beignet. Interestingly, those are like the only two things on the menu there. It is an odd place. It's it's one. And of the sometimes cool- they trade out the beignets for fritters. They have fritters over at the Royal Street Veranda, but sometimes they trade out the beignets for fritters. Either way, you're going to get something that's donut like if you go there, which is good. Just make sure it has powdered sugar on it. Okay, so so my last mystery snack. In Disneyland, and this is we're back in Disneyland, is uh, at the Hungry Bear, and it is called Trixie's Pie, which is a little single serving blueberry pie that's like latticed. Like it's li- I'm you can't see me right now, everybody, but I'm like literally my my hands are forming the shape of a little pie. It's like latticed with sugar crystals on top. It's so good. It's on the blog. Go look at it. It's beautiful. You, if you didn't you just, find her hand gestures to be demonstrative enough, you can go check right. out That's right. If my the, hand the, gestures are not giving you the idea as as such, go to the blog and check it out. It's, it is so good. It's this little blueberry pot. And the thing, I'm always a big fan of like little miniature things that I get to eat the whole thing myself. Ah, uh, you don't like to share. <laughs> so it's like I'm eating a whole pie, but it's a little pie. So it's okay. <laughs> so anyway, I love that. All right. That's all we have for Mystery Snacks today. But I'm sure that you guys have some mystery snack suggestions that we didn't think of. So be sure to head over to dfbpodcast.com and leave us a comment on the show notes. Yeah, let us know your mystery snacks. So we would appreciate it. And if you also, you can also send them to uh, podcast at disneyfoodblog.com with podcast in the title. Yep. 
Also, if you're a snack lover like AJ and myself, you might be interested in the DFB Guide to Epcot Snacks or the DFB Guide to Magic Kingdom Snacks. And if you are, we have a special offer for podcast listeners. If you buy a copy of either book before August 1st, you can use code MYSTERY and get over 20% off on the books. Yep, and those uh, the Magic Kingdom snacks book includes a lot of this. I think it includes all of the snacks we talked about today, and uh, and the Epcot snacks book just has tons of awesome snacks that you might not know are there. So if you're interested in that, just go to dfbstore.com, find whichever book you're interested in, and use code Mystery when you check out, and you will get twenty percent plus off. Yeah. Now it's time for yours and my favorite kind of question, listener questions. <laughs> Thank you for all your questions you're sending in. They're so, fu- they're so fun. We appreciate all the great questions. Yeah. Our first great question comes from Janice H., who would like to know a question that I also would like to know. Is there anywhere in WDW, that being Disney World, I think, that you can get Beef Wellington? Janice is dying to try it, she says. Ah, Beef Wellington. You know, there really isn't very many places you can get Beef Wellington. Right now, Yachtsman Steakhouse at the Yacht Club Resort has beef uh, a deconstructed Beef Wellington, quote-unquote, on the menu. I've... I have been there. I have watched someone eat it. I personally did not order it. Do you routinely go to the restaurants and just watch people eat? Is that research <laughs> for the, the Disney food blog? I think it should be. Well, it's a good idea. <laughs> kind of creepy. Well, a little stocky. If you, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're sitting having dinner one night and you notice a strange woman just observing you eating, you can just rest assured that that is AJ. Don't worry. It's just AJ. Uh, no, so there is a deconstructed beef wellington, which comes on kind of like a wooden platter with a bunch of like everything that you you would get normally in Beef Wellington, just in individual like sections. It, it's it's kind of strange, um, but you can so at you least haven't tried it. But you have seen it. I have seen it. I haven't I haven't tried it. Um, so if that's still on the menu when you know when you're back in in Disney World, because Yachtsman Steakhouse is a signature restaurant, it does change up its menu pretty regularly. Um, but that that's a that's the only place I know of that you can get any sort of Beef Wellington ish kind of thing. So Kelly A. says, my mom and I are headed, heading out to California at the end of August. Yay. It'll be my second trip and my mom's first trip. We have four solid days to spend in the parks. So where do you suggest we check out for some good counter service? What are your favorites that are must-haves each trip? Well, I, I personally really like uh, – I think Hungry Bear and French Market are great in Disneyland – um, if you go to French market, I like the four cheese pasta. That's really good. And, um, it comes with cornbread, which can't be beat. Yeah. The hungry bear is cool. Cause it just, it's just fun to look at too. It's a cool place all around. <laughs> it is a fun place. And if you're there during when in a busier season, you can watch the canoes go by, which is really fun. They go right in them. Now my absolute, probably my absolute favorite counter service at Disneyland is Rancho Del Zocalo. Because yeah. I, I love the setting. We've I talked the about food, that before. I, here. We yeah. talked about that at our on our previous podcast. Yeah. How much we like that. I, I really like that place. That's a great one. Um, if you head over to uh, DCA, um, which is Disney's California Adventure, Disney California Adventure, Kelly. That's uh, some of my favorites. There are the Corn Dog Castle. I already mentioned how much I love that Hot Link Corn Dog, which is just awesome. 
And um, Pacific Wharf Cafe is really good over there. That's where you get soups and bread bowls and other other yummy things like that. Um, and new over there is Flo's V8 Cafe over in Carsland, which uh, might be a good one to try. I haven't had it personally, but uh, our, our Disneyland columnist thinks it's fantastic. And her judgment is considered to be at least adequate. <laughs> She's going to laugh when she hears that. <laughs> Her, her judgment is at least She's average. She's going to write to me and she's going to say, I can't believe Brad said that about me. Possibly slightly <laughs> above average. No, I think her judgment is pristine and right on. She's going to hurt me if I don't agree. So I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so I, th- I think uh, try flows and... Um, yeah, those are good. Casino Cucamonga is good. You can try that out. So there's lots. Of, there's lots of options. Yeah, Casino Cucamonga. The food is is pretty similar to Rancho del Zocalo, I find. I, yeah, I mean, except you yeah. can get beer. Yeah, which is always a plus. There you go. All right, what's next? Our last question is from Tracy C, who lives in Australia and will be coming to WDW early in December with her daughter to celebrate her high school graduation. She says her high school. I'm assuming it's the daughter's graduation. Yeah. She says her. Pronouns are so tricky. She keeps hearing about the fantastic view of illuminations from dinner at the Rose and Crown. Uh, Her 180-day window has opened for her stay, and she's been trying to book dinner there really for any day during the first week of December, but nothing is available. Is there something going on at the Rose and Crown? Is there anywhere else that you recommend to view the fireworks during dinner? And if so, what is the best time to book? Okay. So, yes, there is something going on. And that's, we mentioned it during the news, the candlelight processional is, is, uh, the candlelight processional packages are happening, which means that a lot of the restaurants in Epcot have reservations tied up because the candlelight processional, uh, Disney blocks out a lot of the reservations for early December. Tracy C can tell when something's fishy. That's right. She can, she's right. Um, so a lot of the reservations are blocked out for those candlelight processional dinners um, and lunches. So that's probably why you can't get a reservation there. If you really want to eat there, I would say uh, keep trying for a cancellation. So keep you know keep uh, keep calling, keep checking online, see if there's a cancellation, and. Um, just a quick note for people who have heard that that Illuminations view is fabulous from Rose and Crown. It is fabulous, but your chances of getting a patio table um, to watch that show are what? Not great. Slim. Other people besides you have heard the same thing, that right. that's a great place to watch Illuminations, and there's competition for them. So we just wanted to let you know that you're not guaranteed to get that view. Um, most of the tables at Rose and Crown are either on the side patio or inside the restaurant, so those don't have as good views of of illuminations as the front patio. That said, if you if you uh, if you do happen to get a reservation, a good time to go would be seven, about seven forty five to eight o'clock. And um, when you get up to the podium, say you're willing to wait for a what do you for call a fireworks it? view table. Yeah. Yep, you're willing to wait for a front patio table. Um, and uh, and hopefully they'll bring you one. They they can they as far as I know, the last time I was there, they couldn't let you wait longer than an hour. So once your hour came up, they had to seat you or you had to forfeit your reservation. I don't know if that's still the case. But anyway, regardless, um, that's the situation there. You're never guaranteed a fireworks view table. But if you're willing to wait, sometimes you can get one. If you want a little more of a sure thing, I would say go over to La Hacienda de San Angel over Which, in Mexico. And the view there is pretty good, too. The view there is great. That restaurant literally sits out in the water, practically. Like, it's on stilts, but it's, like, right out in the water. And it's um, it's uh, 
they have Mexican food and they have a really good view. Of <laughs> I'm thinking, the, is it really on stilts? No, <laughs> the cantina, the, some of the seating for the cantina next door is on stilts. So, so the, if any of you had plans that were based <laughs> around Hacienda being on stilts, AJ right. is not confident about that. I am that. not confident. I don't. I do not actually. I do not think it is on stilts. So I think it's actually on dry land. Plans. I think it's on dry land, but it feels like it juts out into the water. Um, but the uh, the anyway, the restaurant's quite good. Mexican food. Um, and they, I mean, they have a, literally a wall of windows. So every place in the joint pretty much has a, a good view of illuminations. You can arrive, um, I would say arrive early, make your reservation for around 8 o'clock, arrive a little bit early, tell them that you're willing to wait for a window table specifically. And but Rose and Crown got rid of the Sunday dinner anyway. So That's true. Know, Rose and Crown got rid of the well Sunday dinner. So what's the point? They just, you know. Go so. to Hacienda. No, it's still a good restaurant. But uh I think those are those are my two my two favorites, and Hacienda is probably a little bit more of a sure thing than Rose and Crown. So, if you if you have to have that illuminations view, go with Hacienda instead of Rose and Crown. Excellent. So that's our list of reader questions. If you have a question, listener questions. Yes, read. I keep saying reader because you guys are all readers anyway. Yes, you read the blogs. Go read the blogs. Um, <laughs> But so the if you have a listener question yes. that you would like answered, be sure to send it to podcast at disneyfoodblog.com with podcast in the title, the subject line of the email. Yes. And ask us more and more of your great questions. We really appreciate them. And you guys are asking great questions. And thanks for the Disneyland questions. We asked for those on our last podcast and you guys sent them. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, AJ, so now that the listeners have had their chance to ask us some questions, what do you say we ask them some questions? All right, or give them some prizes. Yes, well, let's start off with last week's question and the winner for that. What was last week's question, AJ? Oh, I thought you were going to say it. Okay, I'll I'll say it. Uh, Last week's question was, what is the warm seasonal drink served in Epcot's Germany during the holidays? And the answer? Glue wine or glow wine, as some people. It's a glow wine. I think some people say it's also called. It's G L U H W E I N with dots over letters. Umlauts. Are those umlauts? I don't know. Umlauts. But our winner was Stephen D. Stephen D. And he was very quick to respond to our email and has already selected to get the DFB guide to Walt Disney World Dining 2012 edition. Yeah. When you win your trivia answer. You can pick whichever of the DFB guides you want, though. Yep. You can pick any guide you want when you win your trivia question. All right. Except so. for the 2012 Epcot Food and Wine Festival guide, which is not out yet. Not out yet, but it might be out. And honestly, if you want that one. Next month. You can probably, we can probably hold, you know, we can give you a copy. Oh, yeah, after. we can hold a copy for you. If you'd for rather sure. have that. You, so I'm, I'm an innovator. <laughs> You're an imagineer. I am. Whatever. I should, yeah. Anyway. All right. So <laughs> what's this week's question, AJ? So this week's question is really hard. So you put your thinking caps on. The word cove is in the title, or the name, I should say, of a lot of Disney dining locations. And we're talking about locations that are on in We're not just talking about Disney World and Disneyland. We're talking about Disney dining locations. Think big. Think worldwide, perhaps even sea-wide. (laughs) Sea-wide. 
like land and seafaring. Yes. Um, So the word cove is in a lot of Disney dining location names. We want you to give us three, three separate names of Disney dining locations that have the word cove in them. So we've took a long time to explain that, but the basic (laughs) gist is tell us three Disney dining locations with the word cove in the name. That's right. That's right. And send your answers to trivia at disneyfoodblog.com with the word trivia in the title and you are entered into to win a chance to win any of the dfb guides including if you really want the 2012 epcot food and wine festival guide as soon as it comes out awesome awesome good luck So that brings us to the end of episode seven of the DFB now podcast. Now it's time to say goodbye. We're singing this to episode. To all apparently. our companies. <laughs> I'm not singing. I but am maybe such AJ a bad is. mouseketeer. Okay. You're, you're going to lose your mouseketeer ears. I, they are already gone. So AJ, I feel like that was our most mysterious episode thus far. Don't you agree? There was a lot of mystery in that it episode. Was. Yeah. And so we are now going the singing, to... The singing, the singing, not, the most, not included. Why there was singing is the most mysterious part of all. <laughs> all right, all right. So for AJ Wolf from DisneyFoodBlog.com... We always forget our names in this We do. Part. It's really hard. I forget your... <laughs> AJ or somebody from something or other. I don't know. So for AJ Wolf from DisneyFoodBlog.com, I'm Brad Johnson from WDW for Grown Ups signing off. Oh, 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 oh,